Um, all right, so we'll go ahead and turn it over to yeah. you to introduce our guests. Yeah, thank you, Joey and Barry. Most of y'all know Joey, Joey and Barry, and so we're glad that they're here with us today. Uh, I think everybody, maybe, but Troy's heard our intro pitch, but I, I just, just in the, for the sake of review and for Troy, um, who's new today, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> it's fall break, and so that's why our numbers are down. Normally, we have to set up extra seats, but today, there's just a lot of travel, you know how it goes. Um, had nothing to do with you. Yeah, yeah, so there's this documentary, and you really need to check it out. At least the intro videos are really cool. But it's this quantum physicist talking about the expanse of the universe. We have this enormous sea of everything. You know, it's just this amazing uh, creation. And then on the other hand, uh, most of the universe is made up of nothingness. And these, there's these voids. And so we've kind of uh, likened that to mission and ministry because there's so many ways that one could serve and be a part of mission and ministry. There's so many needs, you know, it's, it's like the universe, it's massive. And um, at the same time, we're really finite people and we, we have to figure out how to step into that expanse with all of our smallness and, and figure out how to serve and be a part of God's mission and, um, and believe that God's power can take our small little investments and in, uh, in our choices and our activity and make something of it because um, it can be easily, it can be very discouraging, I guess, if you think about how little of an impact we can make in just 60, 70, 80 years uh, but when the needs are so great and the, the universe is so large in terms of uh, mission and ministry. Uh, but, but we step out in faith nonetheless and we try to come into, with all of our nothingness, kind of come into this everything and, and allow God to do great work through us. And so each week we've tried to have a, a meaningful conversation with some mission or ministry point of Otter Creek, and uh, it's been really good. I mean, I, I've really enjoyed hearing from uh, different people, both local and sort of domestic work and, and global as well. And so today we have you folks, and we're going to talk about an organization called Youth Encouragement Services. And so um, <coughs> I'm excited for you to hear a little bit more from them. They just had their benefit dinner, raised 90 plus thousand dollars, and uh, it was a great night to kind of see their work and see how involved they are. They were honored. They won't tell you this, but they were honored with a sort of a lifetime service award kind of thing. Uh, they're very involved. Their hearts are with this ministry. And so they have chosen to step into this, um, you know, really sea of opportunity and sea of, of, of need and what is Nashville um, ministry to children, you know, it's, and I'll let them tell you more about what, what it is specifically. But thank you all for being here, and uh, we just want to pick your brains. We'll talk maybe 15% of nuts and bolts about what it is, but more than anything, we'd love to hear your heart and how you felt drawn to this ministry and how you um, use your gifts and your talents and passions to, to do God's work inside of that context. And so maybe, Joey, start off with uh, just a brief overview of what it is and what, I, what YES tries to accomplish and some of the nuts and bolts. And then, Joe, uh, um, Barry, j dive right into the moment you knew you wanted to be connected to this ministry. So, Joey, start us okay. off. Um, with the caveat that Barry has been involved a lot longer in YES than I have, um, I've been involved with it because of her mostly, but um, basically the organization exists to serve at-risk kids after school. And so uh, 
we have two centers. We used to have three. Um, they are McIver Street, which is in the Woodbine area, Lindsley Avenue, down near Lindsley Avenue, Church Christ, right across the interstate from the, from the Napier and is Subicum right there too. Um, and we used to have one in West Nashville at St. Luke's Episcopal Church, but that it's right in the middle of the nations and it really gentrified. And so our the kids that we served kind of dispersed to Antioch and Laverne and other places. But um, it's not only a safe place for the kids to come, but there's uh, a lot of volunteer effort devoted toward helping the children with their schoolwork, primarily reading. We've got a really good reading program that's got um, demonstrated results of keeping, it, it, over a fairly short period of time, getting kids up to grade level with their reading. And a large majority of the ones that enter our programs are a grade or two behind. And of course, that manifests itself in other academic areas as well. Um, it was originally started by a judge um, who wanted, was like, I don't want to put all these kids in jail, keep putting, and so it was called the Youth Hobby Shop. And that's, that's originally a judge started it, but I don't know if he was Church of Christ or not, but it's always been supported and, you know, volunteer-wise and money-wise by Church of Christ, and the board has always been Church of Christ, so I don't know. Um, uh, we've diversified that board, though, now. It's not, not anymore, so... Um, but I was asked uh, by the director at the time because I had been the administrator of a nursing home and I was asked to be on the board for my managerial uh, duties is all I want to say, not expertise. But, and so, um, and it was a way for me, I'm, I'm not like Kevin and I can't, you know, I can't go to foreign countries and so it's, it's a mission field right here. and. Um, these kids, 100% of the kids down at the Lindsley Center do not have a father in the home. And uh, MacGyver is many more family units. Um, but, you know, that was striking to me and trying to make a difference in the lives of those kids um, and giving them, um, you know, helping them be, be around men, you know, for one reason, men that uh, the director um, is, um, been the same director at the Lindsley for um, uh, over tw almost 20 years and so it's been wonderful for them and he's brought his children there and his wife and you know they've just you know he's, he's brought his own children up in it so um, but it's, it's just a way locally to you know be able to do that and um, you know we've been talking lately, you know, it, it, almost in the same week, like two weeks before ours was the Living Water Dinner and then ours, and then four days later was the Exile Dinner and, you know, the Wayne Reed Dinners in November. It's, there's so many wonderful, you know, good works yeah. going on. So as I gave the intro, do you all resonate with that in some level? Uh, do, you, do, you, do you yourselves or, or other leaders in, within YES feel that tension of, are we really making a difference? This is just a sea of needs, and are, is this even going anywhere? And what's that like? Just talk, talk about your feelings on that idea. Well, I have a specific example. I used to teach a purity class here to the girls, and the girls that were in seventh and eighth grade. Taught it for years and years, and I, I've taught it at, at camp at YES some, 
Um, and so recently I taught it at the Lindsley Avenue Center. So you can imagine the difference in teaching it in Brentwood, you know, Otter Creek um, girls to Dwight Yes girls. Well, I just, I instantly felt like it, I was failing. I was like, this is not going well. This is just, I, I'm, I'm not equipped to be able to do this. They were saying, I don't even know if I believe in God. I was like, I'm gonna have to call Josh in here. I don't know how to answer their questions. You know, there was just this level of assumption at Otter Creek, you know, these, you know, and I could talk to them biblically and, you know, and that kind of thing. And so, you know, and I'm thinking, were they at YES? I just assumed, I mean, here I've been on the board all these years. This was not very long ago. And I'm assuming they all believe in God. Well, you know, some of them are there because it's a safe place and they're gonna get, you know, dinner and they're gonna get after school snack and they're gonna get help with their homework. It's not, you know, that they're, um, I mean, they're in the devotionals, you know, in the chapel that they do every day and that kind of thing. And it was just, I mean, I had my life group praying. I was like, this is not going well. And, um, you know, they were like arguing with me kind of, you know, when I was trying to go back to, well, let's talk about your hopes and dreams, you know, and, and let's talk about High, you know graduation and let's talk about what do you want to do and do you want to go to college do you want to go to culinary school you know I was trying to let them look at a different kind of future and this one girl said I just want to you know have babies and live on food stamps so you know and and so you know purity stuff was out the window you know it was like we got to start more at the basic and I just felt like I wasn't getting through I wasn't getting through and then I brought Yolanda in and for those of y'all don't, don't know Yolanda, uh, you might have heard her speak before. She um, has been in jail and just a lot of terrible things have happened in her life and she's just really turned her life around. And so I felt like that I taught that class so that I could bring Yolanda so Yolanda could speak to them. I mean, I, it was like God like orchestrated the whole thing, but we still, I still used my Psalms um, passage of that you're beautifully and wonderfully made because I don't know that anybody tells them that and you know for them it's not they don't have parents that are as Brent said this morning idolizing them and you know the way we're kind of worried about you know parents have gone way over here they're they're not like that their parents are not reading to them because they don't have time because they're working two jobs and you know so they're, they're and and, and they're just being brought up, you know, so differently than, than our kids were and that your kids are. And so, you know, I just kept talking to them about how special they were and, and all that. And um, Yolanda talking to them just, it, it was just like watching this miracle. So then we go to the dinner and there's this um, singer who had been in, in American Idol and she had this song about, and it was all about being beautiful and wonderful and I look up and there's our girls on the stage singing and doing hand motions to being beautiful and wonderfully made and I was just like crying <laughs> you know because I thought okay you know so it's it's just so it's hard to see sometimes the differences that you make um, but we're just trying so desperately to get them on a different path you know, whether, whether it be technical school or college or just to not be satisfied with living <coughs> in the projects, yeah. you know. The, uh, the only thing I could add to that is 
from my perspective, to really make a difference, I feel like I've got to just bail in and really commit to something and spend a lot of time in it. And what, what I've learned is, and this, this is true in my job as well, I work at the YMCA, and so I'm, I'm a financial guy, so I don't spend a whole lot of time in programs, but when I do, uh, I'm always reminded that, you know, what seems like a little bit to one of these girls, for example, is huge or can be huge. Because, and, and part, part of it is their expectations are really low. And I don't mean that as a positive. What I'm saying is, you know, you think about those of us who had kids that were, you know, in athletics or in dance or in drama or whatever, you know, you'll break. You know, I mean, I've, I've come home from trips a day early to go to soccer games and stuff. And, and, and you know, then when you, you go play a school like, a, who's what's Stratford. Stratford, and, you know, we're the visiting team and we've got, we're overflowing the visitor side. The, the home side, there's probably 20 adults and watching a football team of 60 kids. And so, I guess my takeaway from that is, you know, you don't have to be 125% to make a difference with those kids. Yeah. I guess one question that I have is, you guys have been on that board and been involved in it for a long period of time, and Ever. organizations, organizations have to change and morph because what was 20 years ago was not working now. I know you guys are facing this huge problem with gentrification in the areas you're at, so your kids are moving out. Um, how does that affect the way that, I mean, you guys have to change almost, you've got this vision in front of you, but you have to change the way that that vision is being executed in it. How does that affect um, and you've got other things like board members who really don't want to change. They want to have it just the same way that it is, and they, they expect it's going to go on. How does that? How does that play out? The dynamics of that in a ministry, which you guys are involved in. It's kind of scary because of the, you know, one one center, you know, is in downtown that's booming, but if we moved. Could we make enough money to move, and where would we live? And we're sitting on a very <laughs> valuable piece of real estate, right, between the Lindsley Avenue Church, and I don't know if you've ever noticed the Nova Copy building from the interstate, mm -hmm. on the inner, what I call the inner loop. So we're right there. And so, you know, we're not, we're not in the thick of the rest of the, the redevelopment yet, but it's coming. It's moving south from Sobro. Uh, I would say in the gentry, so, so, and we're, we'll all, unfortunately, we'll always be that current location will always be across the interstate from those those housing projects. The interstate split that community, just like over in, in North Nashville. But, you know, if we were to move, part of our mission is that we'll stay, well, I mean, hopefully become more convenient to that community there than it is now. Because now would, he has to drive, he drives a bus and picks them up in the neighborhood mm -hmm. and comes back, which takes away from their time. It'd be great if they could get off the bus, come right into the center, then they could be at the center longer. Um, so the, the, the other thing is the MacGyver, I mean, yeah, the MacGyver Center in Woodbine, that area is gentrifying, but it's also becoming a more diverse population there, which I think is a really good thing because 
there, you know, you, you go you go to that center, and what you see is a lot of different Very. people there, and so and they're getting along, mm -hmm. and they're they're all there for the same reason. So, you know, will it turn into the nations? I don't know. I mean, it it's when when the families that were displaced by the redevelopment of the nations area dispersed, they didn't all go to one place. Yeah. They're in Laverne. They're in Antioch. And, and you know, we, we may look, I mean, the real estate challenge of just, and I'm going to count it by training, so I think about the nuts and bolts of it, but the real estate challenge might be easier to solve in Antioch or Laverne if there's a critical mass of kids that need what we do than it is in Woodbine long-term. The other thing is... Can, can I say one more yep, thing? It's not to say that just because that community changes, mm -hmm. there's not kids that don't, there won't be kids that don't need us. Or there won't be kids that need us. But, but the nations, they just <coughs> left. I mean, there there aren't, it's it's more young yuppies yeah, that live in this. Kind of like East Nashville. Yeah. But no, I was just going to say, in the we do we're really trying to not lose high schoolers because we do really well with the elementary and middle school and they get in high school and they don't want to come as much. So we're really trying to focus on finding ways to keep them so that they will graduate, you know, and we can help them beyond. Yeah. Uh, at the benefit dinner, as you guys were honored, they had the they had this short video from their kids, from their kids, um, explaining how they were just always brought along. They were always a part of, of the Harwell's involvement at YES. So talk a little bit about that decision and how you see it shaping or how it shaped or how it is shaping their life. I'd love to know, to know more about how that's affected your family. Well, Sandy Collins has really, you know, told me, you know, from day one, you just take them with you, you know. And so, um, you know, they've always done the holiday store and you know, you have them standing beside you while the holiday store is instead of doing a Christmas tree where you just say, this is what my kids want, you know, like you do on the tree. This way, they have a little ownership in it. And so the moms give $2 and then the, we already have a list. We already know their names and their sizes and everything. And then they're able to go through and shop. So when you see the tree and you're, and you, you know, get a YES child, what you're doing is getting presents for them so then you know and it's set up like a store so that the moms go through and they shop for their kids because you know they know what they want and they know what you know and it's so fun to be with the mom and have her say oh no they wouldn't you know it's cute you know instead of just getting something that they don't want yeah. you know and um, they're so appreciative and it's fun to shop with them and you know I've always had you know, Craig carries the bag, and then, you know, when you have your children with them, they'll all say, well, you know, Meredith's this, your daughter's age, you know, Meredith like, you know, and Meredith will help her shop and that kind of thing, and now they've gotten old enough, they can do that themselves. Yeah. And, and over time, it's just kind of become our Christmas tradition that we all, you know, look forward to. But what I said at the dinner is true. When Barry's all into something, we don't have a choice. But <laughs> what do you think they'll tell their friends? Um, what do you think their interactions are like when people probe into this involvement and how they, how they see the world and how it's impacted their view of poverty, their view of at-risk children? Just tell us more about what, what, what their thinking is. 
well, Meredith is um, going to be a school counselor, mm-hmm. and she's graduating from grad school December 15th, and so she's always, you know, that's been her interest. Yeah. And um, so she, she has an awareness, mm-hmm. I think, um, and Craig used to bring his friends from college and help with the dinner every year. So I, I mean, I hope, you know, that they will continue, you know, to give back mm-hmm. and um, um, always, you know, have a heart for that yeah. and have a heart for looking at people differently because what I didn't say at the dinner because I, I knew I would cry and I also <laughs> didn't want to, I just don't ever want to offend and I knew some of the kids were still there. but. You know, you just think they just happen to be born in that neighborhood, and I didn't. You know, and it's no fault of their own, and we can think all the time, you know, but it's not their fault, mm-hmm. and they're doing the best they can, and some of their parents are doing the best they can, you know, and just trying to teach them to not be so judgmental, and you know, and just really being open to people and helping instead of judging why they're in the situations yeah. they're in yeah. is what I hope that they learned from that. Yeah, that's great. Other questions? Come in, buddy. What are the age range of your children? Uh, kindergarten through 12th grade. So, um, and, and, and so in the afternoons, um, they're in um, separate classrooms, so the priority is, um, you know, they don't play first. They, they have chapel, and then they have um, tutoring and like that's when I did that the peer the class um, and different groups come in and teach them different things um, in the afternoons and then in the summers you know they go to camp I mean they're there all day there's um, also a basketball program and they um, you know people from Vanderbilt come in uh, the colleges are incredible all the colleges Lipscomb Vanderbilt TSU, they have fun runs for them, and they come in, they tutor them, they teach them um, dance, they, they um, had step, a step team with them before, um, and, then, and then they try to, you know, take a, try to get them to the Frist, to Titans games, to... Um, Preds games. Yeah. It, the Preds are really good. Yeah, about, they have a great foundation. Yeah, I mean, they'll give us 20 or 30 tickets at a time. But, you know, trying to get them to see, you know, the zoo, places that they're not exposed to. And um, so there's a lot of that where we really try to get them out into the community and, um, you know, seeing the world that their parents can't take them to. Yeah. Have you had other uh, particular people that have gone through this program years ago that are actually involved and actually taking the leadership on this? We have a lady on our board that, um, and when I told her about my class and how, you know, hard, you know, it was, and 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 I should have had her with me, you know, because, um, and, you know, and she, because there's things that I didn't feel like I could say to them that she might have been able to say, um, and then um, we have um, a pastor that the guy that sang. Okay. Yeah. So, I don't know that we have that many working as volunteers. And then we've also uh, had Tracy, um, Tracy's uh, HR executive, isn't she? Yes. Yeah. 
And then Michael Peters was, uh, before he moved, he was the center director and he had grown up there. Mm -hmm. So that was really cool to have somebody who had grown up in the program. So he knew exactly, you know, what they needed. Is there anybody that officially kind of keeps, um, keeps track and keeps in contact with them after they graduate, like when they leave? Not like we should. That would be wonderful. We have um, one center director at each place, one director of the whole thing, and one admin person. Mm -hmm. That's it. And the reading specialist. Yeah. yeah. It's, and that's paid. It's the reading specialist is paid by a grant. So as far as salaries that we pay, it's three people. Yeah. Four people. Four people. And so it's. You it's know. a really small order. The annual budget's like less than 600000 so that would be great you know if we yeah. could that would that's a lot that's happens. a goal I think it know? happens but it's not institutionalized I think it's more the director will you know some of the kids will stop back by but I don't think they've got the capacity to really do it systematically in that vein you know you'd love to develop long-term relationships and see see children who came through the program come and lead and um, all those are great goals, and as you said, you're, if you're understaffed or if you're kind of, um, you just don't have the resources to, to track and kind of do all those extra things, which would be amazing. Um, I'd love to hear about the struggle that I know exists within local ministries, all of them combat this, but you, you've got this struggle of folks, whether it be from a university or a local church, who, who kind of come in and they do something great and then they leave. Um, and they, the, the intentions are great, right? I, I don't doubt for a second that they want to help, they want to give back and they want to serve and volunteer and, and do all those wonderful things that happen in communities. But I, I, I understand how detrimental that can be um, when, when these kids, what you need, these kids need so desperately is people in their life like on a regular basis, the same people over and over again, over many years of their development. So talk about that struggle and um, how, how you can combat it and you know, just give me your thoughts on that that, that you see. Um, can I kind of start from the board level sure. and work? Because you know, one, of, one of the things that, that most organizations, most not-for-profit, non-profit organizations have is term limits on board members, and ours is two, three-year terms. And so if you come in and you don't really know the organization, it, my, my opinion is it takes a couple of years to figure out yeah. you know, where the door is and the coffee and all that <laughs> stuff. And then you start to really contribute, and then about the time you really get up to speed and in your stride, you're done. And so one, one of the things I'm, I'm going to encourage us to do is to is to keep board members either systematically engaged beyond their term or extend the term so that, and Barry is a walking uh, exception to every term limit rule. <laughs> she's, I, she's on the board for 20 years, I think, at least. But they've managed to kind of look the other way about mm -hmm. term limits. But, but where people are concerned is uh, I, the volunteers, I think, to me, I would I would say bring up someone as a perfect model here, somebody like Jerry and Sandy, mm -hmm. because they have been really intentional about. I'll just call it getting their hands dirty. They get involved in something, and they are there tirelessly, and that 
huge to kids. And, and you know, what, what uh, on the other hand, what I've kind of strayed, stayed, strayed away from it a little bit because I didn't feel like I had the time to really commit to, you know, Nurturing a, an a individual yeah. or whatever. And, um, but what my, what my, how I would think about doing it, what really needs to be done and probably hours and hours a week apart. But I think about it like parenting and yes, they could use the male role model full time in their life, but you know, you kind of do with what you have. But, um, so, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the, 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 the <coughs> film about throwing the starfish back in the ocean, you know, you throw one, you made a difference, right? Well, I will say, talking about the dinners, you know, and Kevin can knows this, you, you go to these dinners and the same people are at a lot of them, and it used to be that they were also um, getting older and older, and there weren't a lot of young people at these dinners. Um, and so I think back, and I, you know, because you think, okay, I need to invite, you know, people who I know can write a check. I mean, honestly, you just, you do. And yet, I think, okay, maybe I should have had a table, too, of all those friends of Craig's that used to help with the dinner, you know, because they're all working now, you know, and maybe they couldn't have given a lot, or, or maybe they couldn't have given anything, but maybe it would have made them volunteer, you know, and so I think we missed that opportunity, you know, and and somebody was saying the other day that what millennials want to do, they want to really know, am I making a difference if I'm going to be involved in this? And so we're probably missing an opportunity there to not, because, you know, eventually maybe they can, yeah. you know, contribute some money. But there, there is a disconnect from so many of these college students who are all in, you know, and then get on with their lives. And then there's a lot of people too. I mean, when YES, it used to be I could go in every classroom and say it's time for church camp. I mean, I would just get money, money, money. Well, now if if every single one of us went to you and said, "Hey, you know, Dwayne, I want to go." You know, there's so, you know, it's crowded. It's crowded. You know, like when did you start Living Water? Uh, it started in 01. Yeah. And so, you know, we've been around for 60 years. So before 01, I was asking, you know, and then you've got Wayne Reed, you know, it's 19 years. So, you know, we're, it's crowded. Yeah. And so. To me, this is a long-term. It's a good thing, but it, it is, is crowded. It is a, a long-term dream that I have would be that all these faith-based, whether it's, you know, our tribe or just broader faith-based. And YES, as she said, is trying to become broader than just a Church of Christ-driven organization. But that we could join forces, at least on the back office side and on the development side, so that we're not, you know, we don't have six or eight invitations a year to golf tournaments and annual dinners. And, you know, I've, I'm an introvert. And so, I'd, I'll write a bigger check if I don't have to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Noted, he said. <laughs> and so, I mean, I, I really think that there's a, there's a lot of kind of friction in the in the development system because we all have our own events and we all have to pay a golf course and we all have to pay a caterer and we all have to rent a hotel, sure. or, you know. And so, you know, we're all trying to do a lot of good things. I mean, kind of a faith-based, united way mm -hmm. would be awesome. Now, we'd have to get just 
and this may be a little bit off course, but we'd have to put aside our <coughs> differences of instrumental music or no instrumental music or women's role or all those things. You know, sadly, some of the people in our tribe, some of the churches in our tribe too, when we broaden the board to go outside the Church of Christ, withdrew their support, and that's that just pains me. That was because, hard. It was hard because we're, we, you know, so we we can't do good alongside somebody that's not a member of our tribe because <coughs> why? <laughs> so it, it so that what we're trying to do is get you know many more churches. You know, I mean, really and truly, what's that Brentwood Baptist? I mean. Um, that downtown Baptist church that's two blocks from us, yeah. you know? The one where Frank is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's just so much that we could be tapping into. Yeah. Well, as we close, give us an overview of what's happening this holiday, different ways people can get involved, and okay. um, maybe bigger picture how people can get involved. Well, um, any volunteering, um, you know, if you, if you, like Chris Gonzalez and his wife, you know, they have some skills and they just said, hey, can we come do, um, you know, we're good at, and they do a lot of innovative yeah. things with them, um, projects, and, and, you know, there's just their family, and they go down, and the four of them, you know, and, and um, work with the kids. If you have something that you're good at, think, I want to teach them how to do this, that would be wonderful. Um, uh, and then there's always the holiday store. There's always after school tutoring every day. Um, and the holiday store is you can either, um, there'll be a Christmas tree or some kind of, um, I don't know, last year I put a Santa Claus up, but, um, and you just buy, or you can, you know, just, um, you can just give a check. You can always just give a check because we, once we get all the toys and all the clothes for them, because what they get, each child gets um, pants, a top, underwear, socks, um, some kind of outerwear, gloves, hats, a big toy, and a little toy, and a book. So that's for each child, and some of them come through with five and six children. And so um, buying, buying those kind of things for them, um, working the store, you will, you will be blessed by working the store. It's amazing to go down there and watch them. And you and don't have to be a good shopper. I mean, I'm a terrible shopper. I just carry garbage bags full of stuff around for those families with five and six kids. Yeah. And just watching the moms. And you'll get a big hug, you yeah. know, and you just, just think, and because they'll go, oh, this is exactly what they asked for, you know, and it's so, it's just fun to know that those children are going to get what other children in Nashville are going to get, you know, the same things. Um, there's also going to be a Thanksgiving, right. um, you know, where we provide food for them, and um, those bags are going to be, mm -hmm. there's a life group here that does that every year, so take a bag, buy them some groceries, you know, take a, take a, a angel card, and um, just volunteer, and come on down to the centers, and anything. And it may be that, that you're a plumber, and you're really good at that, and you could say, hey, if you ever have a problem, call me and I'll do it for free. You know, there's there's a lot of things like that maintenance-wise. It's a old, they're both old, old buildings. Yeah, I, think, I think, you know, in terms of things that we could be doing programmatically that we're not doing, we did a little bit of it. I'd like to see us continue it is 
uh, working with parents of kids that are in the program to help them with interviewing skills and resume preparation and things like that because you know the parents their kids are there because they want their their parents want them to have a better life than than they did but the parents are trying to improve their lives as well and the other thing I think is to try to help the kids sort through you know the high school kids sort through the options that are available to them in other words you know is college right for you you know I mean we were we were talking to someone the other day and um, you know you can come out of in, in a year and a half if you've got mechanical aptitude you can go to the trade school and become an aircraft mechanic what was the starting salary on it? Like, like almost sixty thousand dollars. You could be twenty twenty years old and be made. And if you're once you get fully certified, it's like a seventy five thousand dollar a year job. Mm -hmm. And you know, the communities that we serve. I mean, there's no. I'm a car guy. There's no there's no accident that the auto parts stores are not in Green Hills or Bellmead or Brentwood. Franklin they're in they're on Knowlesville Road and they're downtown and so you know you know that those those families have somebody in the family that's got mechanical aptitude you know or, or becoming uh, you know but I think we're, we're kind of as a society and this is my soapbox a little bit I think we're everybody needs to go to college and like well maybe not and not everybody can <laughs> yeah I think one thing I would encourage as uh, a group like us gathers and tries to hear how could we help, how could we support, Jenny's question is on to a, a, a missing, at least one of the missing pieces. Um, because a lot of adults, working adults, hear all these wonderful things they could get involved with, but they know they're working until five or six, and so an after-school program is not a place they can actually get to physically during the times that they're needed. Mm -hmm. But there's untold numbers of people at Otter Creek, for instance, that uh, might be great with the database. They might could, they could, they might be great with spreadsheets, and they might could provide some of this back end support that that the Otter, or sorry, that the YES budget just just doesn't yeah. able is just not able to fund. Yeah. And so I would encourage all of you all to think creatively of people in your life, or maybe from your own skill set, of how you could support if you don't. Whenever you hear of a missional opportunity, um, may, maybe you're not in a position to give financially. Maybe you're not in a position to, to show up at an after-school program, but you've got a skill. And I think the plumbing suggestion was a great, you know, just off-the-cuff suggestion. There's all kinds of ways that you could creatively get behind an organization and help what it is they're trying to do. Our um, website is yeah. desperately in need of somebody. That, yeah. You know, there's lots of things like that that would be helpful that we just can't afford. Yeah. I wish we had the ability to let you meet Daniel Burnell, who's the director at the McIver Center. He and I have become good friends. I love hearing the success stories and the, the changes that he sees in kids. Um, I'll, I'll never forget his description, and I won't be able to give it justice, but his description of kids going to summer camp for the first time. You know, they had a sponsor, they were able to, to make the trip, and you know, we take that for granted, of course, in our culture. Camp is a really big and important thing at Otter Creek. But um, the fact that all of our kids can afford it is sort of escapes us. We don't really think about that hurdle. We don't see it as a hurdle, it's not a hurdle. But for these young girls and boys, um, when they get a sponsor and they're able to, to go to a summer camp and to hear Daniel describe what it was like for 
you know, to see young people fish for the first time. Just, you know, just this amazing experience of fishing uh, or, you know, a host of other activities that they do. But anyway, thank you all for being here. It's an inspiring ministry. The funny thing is that canteen, you know, I used to be the canteen lady at Otter Creek, and, you know, they'd get, you know, a salty and a sweet and a drink and all this. And, Twice a day. Yeah, and at, at YES, so go up to camp up there, and they don't get their canteen until they say the memory verse for the day. <laughs> and I tried that at Otter Creek one time. I was like, tried it. Well, what's y'all's for? And they were like, what? what? You know? <laughs> and it was really cute. Yeah, it's an inspiring ministry. Thank you all for what you do. Thank you. Uh, we appreciate you for the opportunity. Yeah. Thank you all.